There's a saying in life, well, life happens. It's a cliche to express sympathy when something un unexpected, unfortunate, though significant takes place in our lives. And usually it involves a change or loss of a non-desirable nature. We are in some very uncertain times and heightened uncertainty usually increases our levels of stress. At Chair City Church, we have a saying that life is messy and God loves us in the middle of our mess. So this is an uncertain time. It's a messy time. And we want to lean into our faith in God so that we can be strong under stress. We need to be strong under stress right now. We're going to jump into the Bible. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. The Apostle Paul, he's writing to the church in Thessal Thessalonica. Thessalonica, how's that? Which is located in modern-day Greece. Paul's main purpose in writing is to encourage and reassure those in the church. So, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. We always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to be strong under stress, thanking God and praying is a necessary practice. So you look at your current circumstances and you say, here's an opportunity for me to mine things to be thankful for. And as I'm thanking God, I'm talking with God, I'm communing with him, and therefore I am in prayer. Our lives should not be determined by the terrible circumstances, but by our awesome God. The Apostle Paul is thanking God for others. He's praying for others. He's not keeping it to himself. He's letting them know, I thank God for you. He's thanking God. He's praying for them due to three specific things. These are three things that you want to do, that I want to do, so that we can be strong under stress. Verse 3 says, the Apostle Paul writes, We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice there are three verbs, work, labor, and endurance followed by the mention of these three concepts, faith, love, hope. My friends, God is inviting us to work, labor, endure. He's in and all this in faith, love, and hope. In times of uncertainty, we need to have a faith that works. Paul says we're, we're remembering your work of faith. It's true that our salvation is a gift from God it is a work of grace of God in our lives. It's not by works. Paul isn't saying, I want you to go out and do some good things to get to heaven. He's saying because you are going to heaven, because you are someone who is a follower of Jesus and who's been rescued by Christ, you have an opportunity to step out in faith. You want to have a faith that works because of your belief in Jesus, who he is and what he's done. This isn't a task. It's not an obligation, it's an opportunity to allow your faith to shine in your life, to live your faith out loud. Do you have 
a faith that works. Do you see these uncertain and stressful times as an opportunity to trust in God, to step out in your faith and have God lead you? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us new in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Right now, God has prepared good works for you to experience. In the midst of this current crisis, we want to declare to the world that we trust God. Not only with our words, but our, our works lived out through our faith. Let people around us who know us, our neighbors, our community, our loved ones in our home, let them see a faith that works. Sometimes in the midst of stress, people tend to, I don't know if you want to say lose their faith. They tend to drift a bit from leaning into their faith, from relying on their faith. It's not that they come to a point of saying, I don't believe in God. I don't think so. It's just that their faith is not working in their lives. Their faith isn't acting out or being applied to certain circumstances in their life. Remember Peter, the apostle Peter? So Jesus calls him out of the boat. Peter gets into the water and he's looking at Christ. Things are going well. And then he gives his attention to the waves and the wind takes his attention off of Jesus, and he starts to sink. And he got stressed pretty fast once he looked at those waves and the wind. And under stress, he began to sink. Many times, in the midst of uncertainty, under stress, we take our eyes off Jesus, who rescued us, who loves us, who all things were created through. Instead, we put our eyes on what we're hearing out there, what we're listening on the news, what's being told to us from this media outlet or that, or that notification, and we're being informed of all the difficult circumstances around us. My friends, turn down the news and turn up the praise. Fix your eyes on Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of your faith. Otherwise, you're going to be a person who's driven by circumstances, and you're going to have a faith that isn't working. Keep your eyes above your circumstances and on your Savior. When we do that, God leads us to unique opportunities. We want a faith that works in all times. The yes, especially in these uncertain times, in times of crisis, so that we can be strong under stress and we can glorify God. Another thing we can do to stay strong under stress, and one that Paul also acknowledges in the Thessalonians, is the importance of choosing to labor in love. That word that's used here, love, it's a self-giving love. Paul's saying we need to labor in a self-sacrificial love to those around us. Our lives need to be lived out displaying this love. You know, it's nice to receive love, but truly it is better to give love. I know that's crazy, especially in times like this, right? But it's a labor of love that God invites us to live as followers of Christ. To take the steps to express concern for others. It might be a phone call, a, a late night text, dropping off some groceries. 
a card, a letter. We're implementing day to day all of these, going into a courtyard and calling an elderly person on a phone, uh, on your phone while they answer and you look at them through the window. I'm seeing it happen all around. People looking out for each other, stepping out, and it's just wonderful. I believe this is God's heart. It's how he created us. It's when we are at our best. I, I do believe this is evidence of God's existence, that when human beings are expressing concern and living out a life to help each other, we are all at our best. The whole message of Christianity is God so loved the world that he would give his only son, Jesus, that no one would perish but have everlasting life. They called Jesus' last week on earth the Passion Week because he gave his life. That's why you were drawn to Jesus. No matter where you came from, no matter what you've done, Jesus labored in love for you. He was nailed to a cross because he loves you. In times of uncertainty, you can be certain of that love. God invites us to step out and experience his love. John chapter 15, verses 12 through 13. Jesus says, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. Real love gives you itself for the benefit and the blessings of others. So I have four children. And the two in the middle, a daughter and a son, Jason and Janelle, they're twins. They both turn 18 years of age later on this week. That's mind-boggling to me and my wife. Now, they were born, obviously, the same day. What's not obvious, they were born 25 minutes apart. That's really unusual. And they were eight pounds each. That's extraordinarily unusual. Now, I watched my wife sacrifice herself through her pregnancy through the birth, that was, a, that was a extraordinary. And then in caring for them, especially those first few months, truly, it was a labor of love on her part. She was sacrificing herself to love these children. Now, though while Christy was going through the pregnancy, she did need some help. Now, she gave birth in April, so if you do the math, well, she was 38 weeks along when she gave birth in April. So in March, she's about 32 to 34 weeks. Now, at that point, and, you know, when we go to sleep at night, it's always too warm for Christy. And yeah, high 20s, low 30s, too warm, right? And, and so she'd be like, honey, could you please open up the window? And of course, the window's on my side of the room. So I'm laying there and I'm like shivering and trembling. You're thinking, why didn't you just go to the couch? I actually did do that in prior months. There were times I actually went into the garage. That's another story. But because I mentioned these twins are really large, which means my wife's abdomen is really large. Just it's fair to say that. So the result of that is she couldn't. Uh, adjust her sleeping position. It's not just that she couldn't get comfortable. If she was uncomfortable, she couldn't adjust it without help, meaning she couldn't roll over. Her abdomen had gotten so large that she could not roll over in bed. So every hour or two, give or take, she would poke me and say, babe, can you roll me over? 
Yeah, when you're standing there at the altar, you know, giving your vows, and they're talking about to love and to cherish, you, you just, you, you don't think you're going to hear those words, babe, roll me over, huh? So I would get up, I'd walk past the freezing air pouring through the bedroom window, and then I'd use my arms like a forklift, kind of slide him in underneath her, and then I'd lift up and roll her over. <laughs> my friends, this was a labor of love on my part for my wife, and it's, it's, a, it's a memory I, I cherish, and we still laugh about. If you want to stay strong in times of stress, if you want to have a faith that works, look to see where you can step out in the name of love and help others and provide a labor of love. Why? Because you want to have a faith that glorifies God, one that works, huh? And it's something you want to do that you delight in. It's not a burden. It's not an obligation. You don't need to feel guilty about doing it or not doing it. Some of you, you've heard talk. Some of you have asked me the question, that because the church, not just our church, but just the, the church at large in America has not been meeting for many weeks, that this is going to be the last straw of the church in America, meaning that it's going to be this great falling away when all this is over from the church and from God because Jesus loves us. We must stay engaged. We must continually build the kingdom of God one person at a time. You can defy the doomsayers, huh? Keep joining us on Sunday at our online services, which you're doing so well. Keep jumping into the online Zoom life groups, which are going really well. And thank you so much for making the adjustments. And, and they're actually growing in number. Give generously and continually. And I'm so grateful for that. When you feel called, step out and serve. This is a great opportunity. And I understand we're not meeting on Sundays, but you can even now, your hearts are being prepared to decide, I'm going to serve when we do get back and we do come together. We're not going to come out of this crawling. We want to burst out. We want to continually build. We want to continually reach our community for Jesus Christ. Even now, we are planning how we are going to move forward on a strong trajectory going out there to connect to people. So even now, perhaps you'd say, I'm going to serve in this capacity in my church. I'm going to have this labor of love. I'm going to live out a faith that works. Now is the time, the great time for the coming together of God's people. God knew we would be here. This does not surprise him. Let's come together and step out, make a call, send a card, make a meal for someone collect needed, needed items as we did so well last week for our community. Why? Because Jesus labored in love and we follow him. We are Christ followers. In verse 3, Paul affirms the Thessalonians in doing what you and I would want to do in order to be strong under stress, which is always continue to hope. Well, why? Well, Paul thanked God for the church in Thessalonica. It only took me two times to get it right then. Because of their faith that works, their labor of love, and their endurance of hope. Endurance of hope. 
Paul's describing a settled disposition of the heart that chooses to hope. The heart decides intentionally and is resolved, I'm going to hope. Hope's become a really common word. And that was the case before the current crisis was upon us. Most people think, you know, when they speak of hope, what's happening, and I don't know if they realize that, when, but when people say, I hope, I hope, what they're hoping in is hope. I mean, they're trying to think positive. So they hope, but they don't know. I hope we'll have nice weather, but I don't know. I hope my kids go back to school this year, but I don't know. I hope I get called back to work, but I don't know. I hope this crisis ends by the you know, ending of April, but I don't know. See, Paul's talking about a hope that comes from a mindset that says, I know in who I believe Jesus. And this belief is an anchor to my soul. I've trusted all these things, the issues, the weather, the kids, my job, the crisis, all to my Lord and Savior Jesus. So I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, and I keep on hoping. We have an endurance of hope because of Jesus and his crucifixion and his resurrection. We believe in a God who created and sustains everything and is always with us. So we have a hope that God will work through and he'll work through the hardest things for his great purpose in our lives. Yes, in the middle of everything that's going on, you see, the story is not yet completed. What we're going through is not yet completed in God's work and his design. Our God is a God of redemption. The scripture tells us this and the history of the world tells us this. He takes the most difficult situations and he brings beautiful things through them. It's one of the most unique features of our faith, redemption. We have a hope in redemption because we have a redeemer in Jesus Christ. That's why I say often that God will not waste our pain. I've personally learned that. Hope tells us that even when there is uncertainty and stress, God is working through all of this, all of this knowing that he can make us strong. When we look back, we can say, I believe we will say, look at what God has done in our lives. Look what God has done in our church. Look what God has done in our community, in the world. Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 5, therefore since, they, we, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Verse 3, we can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. 
Paul saying we, we can have a peace with God. We can have access to grace. And, and by faith, we can hope in God. We can choose to hope in the midst of problems. We don't enjoy problems, but we know that they can have a positive impact in our life because God is working through them. Paul says problems produce endurance. Endurance builds character. Because of what God is doing, that character develops a hope in our heart, a hope that's not going to disappoint us, a hope that will help us to be strong under stress, a hope that when we look in the mirror at the end of the day, we're comforted rather than disappointed or discouraged. There's more resolve than there is regret because Jesus has done all that needs to be completed. God will take these hard times and he will bear fruit in our lives. Right here, right now, in this current moment, God wants us to choose hope, to choose Jesus. It's a choice that we can make. For many of us, we're following Jesus. God wants you to have a faith that works. He's inviting you to build his kingdom. If not you, who? If not now, when? He desires for you to labor in love, a self-sacrificing love. And it's an active choice. No matter what happens next, we want to continue in hope. You see, a hope, doesn't, a hope that doesn't disappoint. It's not a I wish kind of a hope. It's not a I don't know hope. It's a I hope in Jesus. I know God wants to give you hope in him, not hope in hope. A hope that doesn't disappoint. Now, maybe you've said yes to Jesus. You've drifted away. Lately, you've been rethinking that. The time has come to kind of just step back, right? And, 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 and look at how things have transpired in your life and to return to God, to come back to God. The, the Bible calls that repenting, where you, you're going in one direction and you come back in another. God loves you. He has sent his son, Jesus Christ, for you. Today, receive the gift of that love. Maybe you came in here and you didn't have faith in Jesus or you had that faith that's drifted. Either way, you can pray. You can come before your heavenly father this morning. You can have that sincere, genuine moment of just crying out to God, knowing that he has drawn you to this place right now. He's, he's awakened you of your need of him and you can just speak and say, God, I, I, I need you. I, I, I want more of you. I, I want to have a faith that works. I, I want to have hope. Please forgive me for living out life my own way apart from you. Please, oh God, I don't want to live without you anymore. Today, I turn to you. I seek you. I want to see you. I want a faith that works. I want to trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. So now the Bible says that if you said that prayer, <laughs> that you're a new creation, the old is gone and the new has come, you've begun a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, if you've come to that place at the end of my message, scroll down and see a link. And, and also you can see a number to text to. And that'll bring you to a form which enables us to know of the wonderful thing that is taking place in your life, this precious decision and powerful decision that you've made. Also, we'll send you out a package 
to give you some traction, to get you going, to support that decision. And we will pray for you. Sincerely, we'll come together and pray for you. So Paul gives us a clear way to live so that we could be strong under stress in these current times. Yeah. A faith that works, labor and love, and an enduring hope. All that's going on, everything that's taking place right now in our life, hour to hour, I, I want you to just pause. Pull away from the thoughts of despair as we think, we feel, and we act. Stop that. Pull away from the thoughts that bring us duress. I didn't say there's not difficulty going on. There is sadness, pain. I mean, because of what I do, truly, I, 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 I get a pretty vivid picture of that. But, but fix your eyes on Jesus and consider that in the midst of all this, this is an opportunity for you to discover the goodness of God that exists in you, for you to discover the magnificent things God can do through you, for you now to live out your faith truly, deeply, trusting in God. Don't let this season, this time in the history of our country pass and you were stagnant in your faith. You declined in your faith. You were mired in excessive anxiety. You bowled down in a, in a selfishness, which is reasonable, but it doesn't glorify God. You are overwhelmed. We're not chiding you. We're not chastising you. We're just saying, what I'm saying here is, there's a greater way, a faith that works, a, to labor in love and to have an enduring hope and all this, and all this to see God live out his great purpose in your life so that you will do things you never thought you could do and wind up in places you never thought you could be and take advantage of some incredible opportunities that only God could birth in your life. I miss you all. I'm praying for you. I can't wait to come together with you. And like I said earlier, we will burst Whenever we do get back in together on a Sunday morning, I'm looking forward to just moving forward stronger than ever. Uh, I, I literally envision a day that we come together in our huddle and we chat and eat and hang out and talk life like we do. Uh, when I can walk through the halls and see you and, and hug you. When we can serve God together in such a vibrant and electric way that we do on Sunday at Cheer City Church. I have a great hope in that. I'm looking forward to it. We're planning to do it better than ever. To God be the glory.